Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Roastmortemcast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 This is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortemcast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Hold on! Oh, Jesus Christ! Hello, welcome back to the Rose Mortem Podcast. The only podcast that is about love, respect, and mostly honor for your seven uncles that know seven different types of samurai sword trickery. <laughs> Starting off strong. I'm Tom. Yeah. I'm Travis, and in the words of my old band, we don't want to be loved, we just want to have your respect and play Doom. <laughs> I remember that band. It was good. I am your Cody for the evening. Was that the Fresh Princes? Y- yes, it was. I was Will Smith, not from Tom's show. I was born in West Philadelphia, if you guys don't know. Yeah. Uh, born and raised. Born raised. Welcome back to the show, Mike. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, fucker. We missed you. Cheers, boys. Just, uh, drinking delicious beer. Been thinking about which uncle I have to kill. Because you have to obtain one of the uncle's swords. Now, you might not get <laughs> that joke. Swords. Realistically, no one should get that joke. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I'm lost. But just Good. keep this in mind. You're not supposed to get it. And when you do get it, you fucked up. You know the wrong person. Mike, I'm really glad that you're here for uh, this episode and you're not Why like off dawdling somewhere. Couldn't <laughs> uh, miss the hundredth episode. Uh, being tardy to class. Yeah, you truant fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, the hundredth episode of Roast Mortem Cast. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm. On the 200th episode, we're going to have 14 uncles. Oh, uh, yeah. With that, enough uncle talk. Because we have other family to talk about tonight. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I also feel like on the 200th episode, I'm probably going to be on like dialysis or something. <laughs> like, there's going to be something really wrong with me. Don't I'm say lo- that. I've lost a limb or like, yeah. Just go for no, a no, walk, no. dude. What? Just no, go for a happen. walk. Dude, I walk around. Sometimes I walk and get eggs from the store. Then I hard boil them on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, how was your weeks, guys? How was, uh, I feel like we got more to talk about than weeks. 
We gotta like reminisce some shit because it's the hundredth episode. So yeah, how about how about instead of our weeks, we talk about our favorite episode real quick? <sighs> okay. Oh, put me on the spot. Talk about here. my voice acting gig and all that. All right, talk about that, and then all right, you can okay. talk about it, Cody. <laughs> I was voice acting this week, and I was yay. I was Woo. a lawyer for a fellow uh, friend podcast, uh, Rem of the Rich Dickman Show. We did an episode with him, Travis. You were truant, you fucker. But uh, we did hang out with Rem and do an episode with him, and he asked me to voice act. I was a lawyer that said lawyer things for a good three or two minutes, two cool. or three minutes, and it was nice. Cody, you could convince me that I have been subpoenaed. Yes. What, you, was, the, you what was the name of the lawyer? lawyer. Uh, the name of the lawyer was uh, Jonathan Silver. Jonathan Silver. Sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, I didn't right. write that. Rem right. wrote that. It was good. And um, another thing I wanted to say... Uh, berries and cream. I don't know if you know her. She's on Twitter. She's like the artist for like most of our friend podcasts. Okay. As of like this recording, I think she she's responsible for like the Twitter pictures of the Thought Cops and the Loudest Podcast. Cool. And I think an hour ago she became our newest Patreon. Oh. And she wanted me to say yeah. She wanted me to say hi, berries on my how is my week going? So there you go. Did it. Look at that. We have moving wheels. It's, nice. uh, we can do we can we can give you perks that aren't even written down. High berries yeah! and cream. If that Hi is there. your real What's name. Up? It is not. Oh uh, well I mean the Fine. gears are in motion, but if you look at the past gears, the past gears of podcasting what are you and the rust about? that has developed upon the histories of these gears. What is your favorite episode? Tom. I, I have a hard time picking because I'm extremely funny in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with uh, John the Sixth, Portugal. Oh, good one. Yeah, eyeball melty boy. <laughs> yeah, he well, he had chicken in his pockets. <laughs> Perfect, and that made me happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. This fat guy is my kind of guy. I want to, <laughs> I want to shake those greasy hands. Fried chicken. Yeah, Fried hold chicken. on. Actually, can we just like rewind a little bit? Who of the people that we've roasted would you want to meet? Okay. Same person, Tom, or no? I have to brush up on my Portuguese. Okay. Uh, a handshake might be a little greasy. Yeah, I need more than a handshake. Uh, who am I going to do? Uh, who would I want to meet? I don't know, Mike, who would you want to meet? Uh, hmm. Thomas Edison. Yeah? Yeah. Talk about electricity. That's cool. I like that. Sick, hmm. dude. Well. Cody? I, I'm gonna kick it all the way back to episode one, motherfuckers. I would Pliny? love, I would love for Pliny to tickle me and like do a remedy for anxiety, tie some fox testicles on my face, kiss me on the head, tell me everything's gonna be all right. You are a kinky boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I would probably go with. I'm gonna stay in, stay too true to the electricity boys. I, I would like to meet Tesla, hang out with that sexual pigeon that he he loved. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to um, meet Tesla. I just want to meet the pigeon. Oh, I can't remember her name. I think it was like Georgia or something. Oh, Georgia. The, the Collier Brothers episode. I like too. I wouldn't want to meet you them. Though. No, my, you, you want to meet hang them? Out with those? No. I want to hang out with them, but I like that episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> okay. They're all good. I think they're all. I, I don't really want to meet any of these people, to be honest with you, but one who <laughs> yeah. I'd like to observe from a distance is Terare. Okay. Oh, okay. Terare. Yeah. That was a good one. I want to watch him eat a, like a, a fruit cart. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, like pits and everything. But like behind glass, because he smelled so bad. Yeah, like I'm, yeah, I'm going to be from a distance, 
I'll be wearing my uh, you know camo Upwind. garb, my my twentieth yeah. century camo garb, uh, like from Military. the Gulf War, but like in in France. <laughs> no one's gonna look at me. All right. So um, we extended the uh, the uh, we put out the idea of like what should we do for our hundredth episode? Yeah. And while you all had great ideas, we didn't choose any of them because no. the Russ Mortem cast. Yes, and we tricked fuck you. That shit. <laughs> See, the trick is is that the way these episodes work is that they're very disappointing up top, and then they oh, ramp yeah. up. That's how we mm. do, and they get exciting. So the same thing goes with all your expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The one thing I do want to do, though, is somebody mentioned, I think it might have been the guys from the Thought Cops, actually, doing fictional characters. And we had talked about that a yeah, long time ago. Grant wanted to do that. Yeah. And I, I really want to roast, like, Indiana Jones. Because he just fucked <laughs> shit up. That'd be he fun. fucked wanna, everything yeah. up. I want to roast Mavis Beacon. We wanted to do that, remember? <laughs> yeah, fuck Mavis Beacon. Well, I mean, I think we will do that. Maybe we'll do it on our Patreon or some shit. I don't know. April, let's do it for April Fool's or something. You yeah. Can't tell them. Yeah. Well, then it's not a joke. Then we can't fool them, Cody. We're not yeah. doing anything for April Fools. That's official. <laughs> official statement. All right. Let's go Write into the down. episode. Yeah. So for the hundredth anniversary, hundredth episode anniversary thingy, this shit is not for the listeners. This is for us, specifically yeah. me. Oh, what's going on? You know, I like talk about like my brains being replaced with cum and like anuses and shit. Yeah, I, I just like talking about that. Yeah, you so say like, awful things. Yeah, and I think in our in our bio it says like you know, history is just a bunch of idiots rubbing together and making other idiots. You wrote that. Yeah, well I did. You know, I'm great. Shirt. Okay. So uh, so I was like, why don't we roast one of our fucking ancestors? And I had okay. the perfect ancestor. Perfect ancestor. Perfect. Ancestors. Are we so, roasting Adam? Yeah. Adam. Who's Adam? Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah. We're all we're, we're roasting Adam. But, I mean, no. I would say Eve, but that's low-hanging fruit. What'd you do, like Ancestry.com no. or some shit and like find <laughs> out some crazy shit? I gotta yeah. do that. Yo, okay, so I actually did uh, do Ancestry.com, and there's like this big mystery shit that ah. I'm gonna set up about my family. Okay. So... This uh, I, I dove right into this. Right around when we start, first started doing the podcast, I was like all about Ancestry.com and like finding out specifically about my dad's side of the family because my grandfather abandoned my dad when he was young. Good guy. And, uh, Jeez. Yeah, and he also had like a bunch of other families that I was able to like connect the dots to. Nice. Um, that my dad had no clue about. But okay. one of the biggest mysteries was my great-grandfather. Um, so essentially, um, he did the same thing that my grandfather did to <laughs> his son, which was just abandon him. So we didn't really know much. See, your dad didn't do that. Yeah. Your dad's a good yeah. dad. So you have to like, you have to shun your dad by doing that. Yeah. Right. I know. Exactly. Yeah. You, so you have to impregnate someone and then leave Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Leave Port. Just leave forget Port. about it. Leave Port. <laughs> No, well, that's the Guy Fieri way. You said he forgetty. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> so the only thing that I knew about my grandfather was that he was... I just had a picture. There was one picture of this guy in a dog costume, right? And I knew that he was some type of actor. And my grandma told me that, Oh, my, my first husband performed for the Queen of England. 
Fancy. Were, hey. Wow. Yeah, there was just this picture of a dog in her dining room. It looks like some really creepy fucking dog shit, but I was like, there's no face. It's just this dog boy. Like, that's my great-grandfather. Dog boy. Oh. Oh, so you mean... Let me frame this. Your great-grandfather, correct? Great-grandfather? Yes. Was a famous furry. A furry of the court? That is correct. So my... my He was dressed as a hot dog? My no, just a regular the, dog. What is wrong with you, Mike? You have the munchies or something. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't a moldy hot dog. My grand great grandfather was he was an international vaudeville superstar, oh. and he was the original, the OG furry. And that's wow. who we're gonna. And I will tell you why he's the original OG furry. But oh that my was God. my grandfather, my great grandfather. Alfred J. Lee, or his stage name was Alfred Littell. Oh, holy fuck! Okay, this explains the raccoon thing. A lot of shit about you. Are we getting are we going back to Miko here? We'll get there. We've never left Miko. Miko is always in my thoughts when we do these episodes. Really? Just I mean, I can't see you waist raccoon? down. You might be railing a raccoon from the waist <laughs> down. I can't tell. I am so excited to talk about your furry grandfather. <laughs> I am too, actually. Just not with the megaphone. So, okay. So the only other, besides this weird mystery photo, the only other thing that we knew about my lineage is a Lee. It's one of, it, Lee is the most common surname in the world because there's the Asians and then there's <laughs> Excuse the Europeans. Excuse you, fucker. Yeah, like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I could have just made all this shit up and been like, I'm Bruce Lee's boy. I will fight you. All right. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so glad you're not in movies. <laughs> I will nunchuck you. So, the only other thing we knew was that my grandfather told my dad that we were related to douchebag Robert E. Lee, Confederate General. Oh, I thought you were joking every time you make those comments, but it's uh, honest to goodness there, the lineage. Yes, I am related wow. to Robert E. Lee. Wow. So, Is that why you were just riddled with white guilt? <laughs> There's no white guilt here. I like white chocolate. I like dark chocolate. I like black chocolate. Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah. black chocolate? Uh, dark, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so before we get into the big man, Alfred Littell, I'm going to give you a little background on the Lees and the Linnies. Please. Yeah. Go for it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be your typical like relative thing about your long lost great Aunt Martha who was conceived Gertrude. After, uh, you know, she blew her second cousin behind a dumpster, then spit the load out in her hand and shoved it into her vagina. You know, I'm not going to give you any of that shit. Okay, well. Good, yeah. This is uh, imaginations only. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Perfect. So, I mean, this is not a a plug for Ancestry, but through Ancestry.com. I can't do that. I want to find one related to. Yeah, dude. You just spit it. We were talking about biology the other day. Just spit into a cup. You don't need to jerk off. You just spit into a cup, and they tell you where you're from. Dude, now the government has your DNA, dude. It's called a buccal swab. A buccal swab? Buccal. Yeah, buccal swab is a cheek swab. swab. Nah. Tom, do you okay. like bugles? I like bugles. The snack? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great The horn? Snack. Not my favorite horn. Not mm. my brass of choice, but it's necessary <laughs> to wake up the troops. The troops need to come home. Mm-hmm. So I tracked the Lees all the way back to England. I got some English nobility in me, hey, which, which trust me I... is not a good thing. I'm I'm blaming my ingrown toes 
on those royals that you know <laughs> mushed each other a little bit. I also have black balls. What? Like, hey. like they're 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 molding off of my body, kind of like happens. Charles II. Amazing. Wow, <laughs> it happens. But hey, your nobility. So the first Lee descendant to come to America is Richard the Immigrant Lee. The first. Was he a wrestler? Was that his stage name? That, that was his fucking stage name, dude. The Immigrant! <laughs> uh, and what year was that? That was in, uh, well, that was in 1643. So that's he, when everyone was an immigrant. Yeah, because he actually uh, came to a little-known colony outpost called Jamestown in Virginia. Oh. Oh. Wow, you are so privileged. I know, right? Dude, like um, it. it's really funny because like, whenever I like wake up, there's just money in my bed that like the government <laughs> sends me. Good. It's pretty Damn. sick. Are, are, you, are you sure you're not losing teeth in your sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have any health care, so maybe uh, dent, you know, no dental or anything. You know, little tooth fairy guys just showing up. Sorry about that. <laughs> I like how they're guys and there's more than one in your lore. <laughs> Yeah, it's a union. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, yeah, they tag out for union days and shit yeah. like that. So this Richard Lee the first uh, was a sheriff and colonel in the militia. And suffice to say, he did a pretty good job for himself, claiming thousands of acres of Virginia, uh, including an area that would one day become Washington, D.C. Wow. Congratulations, Travis. I'm a government shell. Look at you. Look <laughs> nice. at you go. Um, and of course, uh, with his wealth and and the noble birth, he had slaves and indentured servants, um, because ah. you know that's what people did back then. Not proud sure. of it. There's a lot of people that are like, "Dude, you gotta just respect your family. This is where you're from." I'm like, "No, these guys sucked. Your ancestors sucked." Mm, yes, just maybe a little bit of that white guild I was talking about before <laughs> creeping out. <laughs> like a like the top of a U-Bet syrup bottle, how it just never closes right after you're making an egg cream. <laughs> so uh, the Lees of Virginia went on to become the most powerful family, one of the most powerful families in America, because uh, plantations and slaves and trade with England. Um, now, I mean, if you want to talk about privilege, I mean, these were privileged people, right? You know, you don't even get political, but you know, these privileged people. Yeah, I mean, you're a proof uh -huh. that, that that doesn't translate to today because you don't no. have a job. Yeah, right, yeah. We're podcasting right now. I wish privilege was this thing. We're just four sad guys. <laughs> uh, so eventually, uh, things with England soured, and uh, the Lees, they thought, like, let's break away from England because that just means that we get more power for us. There was basically no American loyalty. This was like oh. a, a financial move. The South in general during the revolution was pretty much a financial move. They didn't give a shit yeah, about okay. any of these like, you know, values of America. Of course, that values of America, the country that hadn't started yet. Yeah. Let's find right. moral high ground before we know what the ground looks like. It must have been a crazy time to live in. I couldn't imagine experiencing that. Realistically, you'd be poor. Yeah. Yeah. Eating potatoes somewhere. Yeah. Dude, oh, potatoes you're a good are guy. privilege. Yeah. That's why. You're a good guy. Nice guys finish last. Too nice. You they got do. Nothing, and, no property. And your trucks would be made out of like rutabagas. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to eat those onion and tobacco sandwiches, Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> so, one of my relatives, Richard Henry Lee, uh, was one of the founding fathers that signed the Declaration of Independence. And like I said, Fuck. oh, cool. 
like I said, there was no lofty goal. It was just basically like, oh, dude, we own so much land down in the south. It'd be great if we didn't have to go to England no more. Do you get a discount on anything for having that shit in your bloodline? You know, like what? What do you have a discount on? A signature on the Declaration of Independence. Is he Travis going to go into like fucking Jersey Mike's and be like, yo, give me some, give me an extra crouton? I don't know. They're going to get a card for that or something like something like I'm like a historical landmark. If my ancestor didn't sign this, nothing would have changed. So give me a break here. Yeah, so as we roll into the 19th century, the Lees continue to be a powerful family in America, serving in all branches of the government and the military. They fashion themselves a lot like English royalty um, in the fact that they they love to cousin touch. They didn't want to spread that wealth. Keep it in the family. Yeah, so, uh, okay, uh, let's talk about my relationship with Robert E. Lee. Before we realize you're inbred. uh, We will will get into my bread consumption. Are you which, a sandwich? It was, was mainly white bread. It's only white bread. <laughs> um, wonderful white. There well, no, go. it's not. A, yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, Robert E. Lee was my great, great, great uncle. Um, okay. And I believe the branch of the Lees that I come from, I did, this is the whole DNA testing thing, came from the town of Leesburg, Virginia. Makes right. sense, right? Oh, you, oh cool. you have you have creative ancestors. You ever been there? Like no, I haven't. Uh, There's probably a lot of Mountain Dew down there. Yeah, probably. So uh, here's where we get to the cousin touching. Okay, so uh, Burnwell Lee Sr. fought in the Revolutionary War and married a woman named Anne Arnold. His son, Burnwell Lee Jr., married his mother's first cousin, Martha Arnold. Hot. <laughs> <sighs> Not so good. Gross. Then Burnwell's Burnwell Jr., his son, so my great great grandfather, Robert Austin Lee, married his second cousin named Matilda Arnold. And I'm like, dude, rule of thumb, like if a girl has your mom's maiden name, don't put your penis inside her. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, a, good, that's, that's a good rule. I'll buy that. Otherwise, you start growing teeth on your kneecaps yeah. from being inbred. Hmm. True. Yeah. So there, this was. Yeah, this was like a. It wasn't just Robert Austin Lee that did it. Like almost all of his sisters and brothers fucked or married Arnolds. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, uh, discipline. Discipline is one of the values of the seven uncles. Yeah, <laughs> and you got lots of those uncles, right? You I do. Uncle brothers. You got uncle brothers. You got uncle fathers. Your family seems to be on top of something, which is that uh, you know, like incest porn. Thing yeah, yeah. that we keep talking about on this Dude, podcast because the world is talking about it. Yeah. More people talk about incest porn than they do about global warming, and really? everyone's talking about global believe- warming. So you know, everyone is extra talking about incest porn. We're yeah, talking yeah, about it know right how, now. Yeah. You know how you're at the office water cooler, and then Jeff is just there talking about stepsister porn. Yeah. Yeah, you see that brother nail that sister? That's so fucking hot, dude. I'm at the water cooler. Dude, you ever see you ever see me like uh one time my dude, I went to the Xerox machine, put my nuts on it, sent it to my sister. <laughs> that's definitely uh That's how, that's definitely most how of those people porn talk. start. Travis, do you do improv comedy? Do you always announce where you are? <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, I'm at the water cooler. <laughs> Look at this. This brother touching that sister. Oh. Whoa, hey, oh. Easy. It, it's good. It's a compliment. I thought oh, that yeah. was very funny. 
Okay, so uh, before I go, I'm going to talk a little a little bit about Robert Austin Lee, and then we'll be into the big man of the hour. But Do it. one side note is that I remember finding a sen- census listing from the late 1800s where a bunch of Lees and a bunch of McCanns were living in the same cabin in Virginia, according oh. to my research. So Cody and I might be distantly related. And High you're five. inbred, dude. Hey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, no, I, I wasn't there cousin fucking. Probably I was there. I, I, I was holding the camera while your ancestors were cousin <laughs> fucking. Well, we're related normally. Yeah. By families finding other families and creating perfect genes by deducing the minor threats. Science. Right? <laughs> yeah. No jokes there. Perfect science. Dude, you guys are like science boys. Like two of you. Like science. imagine... You know, they talk about test tube babies, but then they talk about like test tube... Co- they never talk about test tube cousins. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he's right. I was born in the same tube that you were born. <laughs> oh my god! Just imagining like Tom and Mike ran Are those real things? Like, are they like real test tube baby humans? Dude, me, Cody, and Travis went to school with a test tube baby. No yeah. way. Yes, yeah, a person born in a lab. He was like normal. No, he was. Eh. No, he well, was. He was the, the stuff that made him was mixed in a lab and then shoved in a mom. They shove yeah, the he's lic- like made in the lab. They put the liquids and the egg together, and they shake it up, and then they wait till yeah, it yeah. turns into a jelly bean, and then they put it inside Mama. I wonder what he thinks about. <laughs> what, what he thinks about? This is wrong. Yeah, really? What is he thinking about? Dude, he's How? thinking about probably the same like- shit we're talking about. You he's- think so, or he's wired differently because he wasn't born normally? Yeah, Dude, maybe he's. Right. He was maybe he doesn't born have a normally. He was just <laughs> conceived in a. It's called. I'm not trying to oh, That's probably fucked up, man. I sound pretty fucking mean. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, you do, man. I'm We're just... not editing any of that no, out. Get uh, out come of... on, I'm going to get like, fucking killed by someone. Like, get out t- of they're, like, all, they're Oh, my God. Between all the white privilege and the <laughs> ignorance to science, oh. we are getting canceled this episode. <laughs> We're not even talking about the guy yet. We haven't even gotten to our subject. Okay. Sorry. All right, moving on. All right, so we're going to get to our subject. There's one more Lee I want to talk about, and that's Robert Austin Lee. So this dude fought in the Confederate cavalry during the Civil War, and he pretty much just sucked at fighting because, like, I read about him, and he joined the Confederates in uh, 1862. He left his wife and children behind with the, in quotes, faithful slaves that he owned. More on that later. Um, but he was actually captured twice during the oh, Civil wow. War. <laughs> little well, surrender yeah. monkey. Like, you know, yeah. he's like, oh, no, don't hurt me. I just have <laughs> slaves. I hate. I'm terrible. <laughs> Are you telling me you have cowardice in your blood? Yes. So he he first surrendered at Kelly's Ford in Virginia and then the Battle of Gaines Mills and was held at the Union prison camp of Elmira, which was a very bad prison camp. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they were on both sides of the war. Prison camps in the Civil War were just fucking horrendous. I can imagine. It's probably I, just like I, a giant it. blanket. <laughs> bunch of dead people for, and shit. For, and oh, fucking for all of field. the... In, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fucking giant blanket. <laughs> hey, can you yeah. fold your your end of the blanket <laughs> before we Mike, get in the bread line? Mike, just keep vaping all the way through this episode. <laughs> so the Lees lost all of their land and money during Reconstruction, rightfully so, because they were uh, slave-owning traders to America. 
And they also had bought Monopoly money, like Confederate money, which was worthless. I actually I want some of that. You could buy I it. I do too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they all just kind of spread out around the country. And Robert Austin Lee, uh, he received, even though they were Confederates, they still received um, disability through the state. So he received disability from Virginia. And he became a traveling Methodist pastor. That's where the money what? is. Yeah. Traveling Methodist pastor. Okay. He's like a, a nomadic monk of sorts. Spreading the word of God. Yeah, spreading. Spreading. He's like Jesus. Spreading. He's like, Jesus, please spread your legs so I can see that grando. Praise Hosanna. He wasn't one of those guys with the snakes, was he? Oh, probably. Because I could oh. see I could see uh, someone who looks just like you <laughs> going from town to town going... I learned a little bit of this over Duba Boomer Duba Boo Papa John's. Because that's like a, a, a phonetic tick for you. So I think it's. <laughs> might be in genetic. Your, ge- yeah, it might be genetic. So Papa right. John's, praise our God. Praise the God, touch of my snickers. Scabbity boo, nice you gonna. Oh, boo, you gonna make a wall out of you and sift yeah. on the snake. Scabbity boo, you rap. <laughs> your snake is out. Jesus would represent the snake. You touch the snake. Well. <laughs> That's me, I'm dog. seeing you do that like old school like uncle joke where you put like a snake in the can of peanuts, but it's like a real actual viper that springs <laughs> out. So okay, uh, let's let's go back to those quotes. Faithful slaves. Um, now we can't exactly pinpoint it exactly where it comes from, but both my dad and myself, we both did the DNA test, and we have nine percent African. Specific- hey, oh, look sick. at you! You get nine percent reparations when that happens. <laughs> Specifically from the Ivory Coast and the Bantu people, which were slaves that were taken from Africa to the south. So at some point, that meant that the Lees must have hopped on some massive slave dong or tapped that bubble butt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's hope it was consensual, please. But, uh, you know, now it was common back in the day for a slave owner to have sex with their slaves. Oh, yeah. Um. So, I mean, uh, some sometimes with the slave owners, if a woman got knocked up by a slave and the mixed race oh, baby man. was was lighter skinned, they would be raised as if the husband, the cuck husband, you know, was yeah, you know, that was his child. Th- we bring this kid to Florida a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's Epcot. why this is. It's also possible that Robert Austin Lee, on his travels as a pastor, could have. Knocked up a black chick and then just moved on or something. Or maybe Matilda was testing how faithful her slaves were uh, when her husband was off to war. We just don't know. But Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's it. Yes. I can't believe people actually did that shit. Like, that shit is fucking wild. Matilda's all like, show me that big old faith. <laughs> so, let me see. Let me see how. That's how southern ladies talk, right? Let me no, see of course. How, let me see how big that faith is. <laughs> Let me take you to Waffle House. Yeah, mm, you can make me smothered and covered. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus Christ! <laughs> smothered and covered, dude. I'm all about that smothered and covered part now, mm. dude. You just want to be smothered and covered, Mike? Yeah, I want some waffles. <laughs> okay. So now on to the man of the hour, Alfred yeah. Lee or Alfred Littell, the stage name. Nice. So, in my grandmother's family Bible, uh, which apparently people used to get that as a gift. 
uh, <laughs> when they got married. Yo, here's a bubble. Yes. Weird. Uh, actually, no, that still happens today. My my mom has one. Really? Really? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. so in the beginning, there's like a family tree where you like fill the shit out. So my grandfather just sh- shitty wrote down some shit down in this family tree. He said my grandfather Alfred Littell was born in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, and he listed his father as Sadler Lee. Now Sadler ooh. Lee. Sadler, yeah. The the saddest man of all time. <laughs> now, I haven't been able to track down the saddest man of all time, but okay. I think that Sadler may have just been a pseudonym for whichever Lee was his father, like Sadler coming into town, knocking someone up, and then leaving. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Maybe well, this the happiest man in town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Horny man Lee. Yeah. They didn't want to write horny guy Lee in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was Robert Austin Lee because Sadler, Calvary. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I was thinking that. Yeah. A lot of people back then had like the name of their profession. So it would be like, oh, you're a Cooper. Oh, you're a Tanner. So yeah. Sadler Lee fits. Cody, um, what is a Cooper? Barrel maker. That's a barrel maker. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I didn't even know that. Well, now you do. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, maybe this guy was just going around saying, like, Thou snakes is different. Touch this snake and you've Janet should scream. And then I had the baby. I'm just imagining, yeah, I'm just imagining his penis hanging out as fly, just, like, face-painted uh. green. <laughs> Touch it. The Lord compels you. This is a slippery snake. It's already got lubrication on this snake, snake. Watch out for the paint. It Wait, will run. What happens if I buy this snake? Like, what is it for? <laughs> you know, have the snake bite you or something like that? That's a borrowing snake, sir. You can only borrow it. I gotta come with you. No. <laughs> this, is a, this is a non-biting snake. Can I rent it's a, a snake? spitting cobra. You can rent this snake right here. Four dollars a day. Bring back in seven days. Unless you treat it real good. Then I'll give you four dollars a day. <laughs> <laughs> so... Regardless of all that, Alfred was born illegitimate and therefore abandoned. Um, maybe there was some mixed race taboo going on. It might be possible. But um, a relative of mine claims that he was in an orphanage. Um, and then he was po- either in an orphanage or maybe cl- raised by her, his mother. Um, I don't know. There could have been friends of a family named Littell. We just mm-hmm. we just don't know where exactly this dude came from. And we probably never will because like Katrina rolled through fucking Mississippi and washed away most of those records. If they, they oh, never no. dude, those people don't write down anything. There was never any records to wash away. Okay. So uh <laughs> Alfred Lee was born January sixteenth, eighteen eighty seven. Eighteen eighty seven. All right. Yeah. So you'd imagine this poor poor kid, you know, had it rough, Al. He's living really. Uh, Bay St. Louis is actually really close to New Orleans, so okay. he was probably getting his taste of uh, the stage and vaudeville and Big Easy, you know, just like gotcha. Yeah, oh, here's some. They're wearing masks. They're wearing feathers on their head. And look, all that girl's titties is out, and you, oh, you better bet she's got seven hundred bees on her neck. Oh my God, my uncle Snake. <laughs> uncle Snake. <laughs> so vaudeville was the rage. At the time, uh, this was, if you don't know what vaudeville is, it's like a traveling sketch slash freak show uh, where troops, uh, you know, roamed around America and doing their fucking bits. 
Yeah, yeah. Va- vaudeville was huge. There was money in vaudeville. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, panhandlers yeah. of today. This is vaudeville was destroyed by Hollywood. Yes, uh, and podcasting. Really? Yeah, podcasting for sure. Um, mm. Not this one though. No. Um, it, other one, Joe vaudeville. Rogan. Fuck you. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, vaudeville was huge, just to paint a picture. Like, because vaudevilles wouldn't just stop in towns and do, um, like, set up on the side of the road with a little wagon. They would actually rent out theaters, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. big deal. Is in Louisiana? They were all Near. over, but uh, we're in Louisiana now with this um, New Orleans. Sorry, Travis, uh, to no, no, no. tell that's, you how that's your good. history was. I mean, this is very. Al- Alfred Littell's story is very much about uh, the best of the best that um, vaudeville brought and how Hollywood. Destroyed it, and films destroyed it. It's very much <laughs> gotcha. that tale, right? Nice. So you know, you think vaudeville acts uh, like the Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, Marx Brothers. Yep, yep, yep. All of them had their origins in vaudeville, and some of them, some of those names, Al would actually perform with in his future. Wow. Okay. Nice. Cool. So in 1902, around the age of 15, Alfred left New Orleans and ran off to follow his dreams of stardom. Uh, possibly with a vaudeville troupe to the Big Apple. Wow. All, All right. right. Fancy. New, Making his dreams come true. New York. So in 1905, in the census, he's listed as a rumor in a uh, Manhattan tenement under the, under his stage name, Alfred Littell. His profession was actor. And he was living with another <laughs> Littell named Chaz, who was 26. Oh, no. Working on the railroad. Was he in like one of those fucked up buildings where they had like 20 people to a room? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Murphy beds, yeah. No, not even oh, a Murphy bed. Sucked. No, just bunk beds, but like five mattresses that were two and a half feet wide. Like People filing cabinets. Up. Have you ever been to a dentist's office where they have the <laughs> filing cabinets that move? Like, oh, they yeah. Have, yeah, so it was that, yeah, but, but beds, but, and humans lived there. And every row was oh just God. stitched together cum rags, right? It was Whoa. like fabric falling apart. Yep. Yeah, that's recycling right there. Well, they so got we it do, dry. We don't know if this Chaz was actually his brother, could have been a friend. I'm not sure. But why did Al change his name, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was his mother's maiden name. Also, it's possible um, that because Lee was such a common last name, remember the Lees were fucking their cousins. They were getting everywhere, getting juicy. There are a lot of Lees everywhere. So gotcha. yeah. he, he might have just changed it because it was common. It's also possible that because he was connected to the South and the Confederacy, he was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, Yeah, he wanted to stand out. Yeah, he wanted to stand out. I'm going to be Littell. He wanted people to like, recognize him. Yeah, it was tough being in the South after the Civil War for a long time. Oh, I can imagine. It, it was pretty a pretty broken place. Yeah. I mean, right, That's a- rightfully so. That's a standard Hollywood thing nowadays. If you have like a gross last name, just to like change it, shorten it up, or something like that. Well, yeah, Tom Cruise's real name is Thomas Mapother. Ugh. So. Ew. <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. What a cum dumpster. Mapother. Mapother. Ew. Ugh. You can see why he changed it. Yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise, much sharper. Wait, hold on. What's Gene Simmons' real name? It's oh genius. yeah, that's. It's horrible. Isn't it Chaim H- H- Tyrum? Cruise now. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, yeah, quick Google. Chaim Whites. Chaim <laughs> yeah. Whites. You can see, yeah, good, good change. Yeah. So this is an interesting thing about researching this guy in particular because he used Latell and Lee interchangeably. So on a, okay. most of his like private documents, like marriage certificates or like private residences, he would use Lee. But things on like travel documents or like draft papers, which he didn't want him. To come back around, he used Latell. 
Aha. So it's smart. It's a little trick. Yeah. So watch out. You can use another name to dodge the draft for these upcoming vape wars that are happening. (laughs) And almond wars. Yes. And almond wars. Yes. We will. The government will want to use you. Change your name. (laughs) Yeah. Easy. So this dude is in New York. He's working on the stage. Um, and one of the things in vaudeville is that you wanted to, as a vaudeville actor, you wanted to develop a particular quirk or something that you were good at, something that put you apart from everyone, right? Because these people are mm-hmm. competing. Yeah. It's a very competitive type of acting. Oh, yeah, of course. I thought I could just, you know, give hand jobs. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You can't give hand jobs. <laughs> Ted's really good at hand jobs. That's kind of his bag. You're going to have to think of something else, bud. Hand jobs with my now. eye socket. Mm. So you see, Alfred Lee by day was was known as Alfred Lee. By night, he was Alfred Littell, and he had he donned Ooh. his fursona. He's like a superhero. Yes, look at that. So Al's whole shtick was that he was an animal impersonator. Uh huh. No, yeah. Cool. Now I'm not talking about someone that just like dons a leotard and like puts on a monkey mask and like jumps around. This is <laughs> this is a guy who made a full fur suit with articulating facial features, tongue, oh, wow. blinking eyes, movable tails. Uh, this guy was the first fucking furry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> because like furries nowadays just have like the suit. Well, yeah, I mean? but it's 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 nice, but they, like they have like five thousand dollar suits, twenty thousand yeah, yeah. dollar suits, like fucking they don't, crazy. They don't have articulated masks, though. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but they're yeah, spending more money on their suits than like you know someone that's like I dress up like a monkey for Halloween. You know what I mean? This is of what course. Al's yes. doing. See, this is yes. the true shame. This is this is why America is in a in quite a pickle right now. Because you got these furries. Yeah. And none of them are making their own suits. They're all all taking bank loans out just to look like a blue fox. (laughs) Cool, dude. Did you make that yourself? You know what? I'm not really into furries. What kind of furry would I be? You'd be a dead seagull. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I, that is I, on point. Comic-Con I would week, love though. to talk to a guy who makes furry suits for a living, though. Dude, if, I like, if you... I appreciate craftsmanship. I want to see a nice a nice suit from time to time. Oh, we got a dog attack over there. <laughs> That's your new fursona, dude. You, it's my dog. <laughs> Dies oh, on the my podcast God. now. I, I actually met someone. Oh, yeah. He was a super talented artist. Oh, yeah. He no. was not into the whole fursona thing at all. But he yeah. he just knew how to drew those those, those characters right, and people yeah. would pay him literally Dollar. thousands of dollars to do portraits of their persona for like their yeah, you're saying for their fucking icon and to hang. So like yeah. Tom, you should probably get in that shit. I, I could do, do it. it. Man. Oh like, yeah, I could draw Make super bank. But you know what it is? I'm afraid. I'm I'm really I I am personally very afraid because I don't know myself that well. Uh-huh. So if I start drawing like fucking sweet looking squirrel pussy and shit, and I'm like, whoa, that, even... this came out real hot. <laughs> you might not even have to do that. Yeah, but like, what am I gonna do? Put down a client, first client I get. Yeah, I want to be a fucking flying squirrel with fucking double D's. You know, fucking big old titties and a nice big ass. And then I start drawing it, and I'm like, fuck, I'm a furry. Okay. Sex- <laughs> right. Sexually aroused Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So when I talk about these costumes, right? I mean, this is the turn of the 20th century. This is, uh-huh. have you ever seen any of these old pictures of like Halloween costumes from that time? And they just like oh, absolutely they're... fucking terrifying. Like not. Why are they like that? Because they look so rugged and so fucking basic, but like, ugh. Yeah. So. It, it's. 
Yeah, they're awful. So this, so Al, um, Al's costumes were like that, but like ten times worse. So I, I sent you guys some stuff about Al. So the first one I want to click on is the dancing pig, which I'm not exactly sure if this is him, but this was the level of detail. Some people think that it is Al Alfred Littell. Some people don't, but okay. If you, Mike, look over here. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this. Shit like that back then looks so scary. This was entertainment back bouncing then. Bouncing around. But look at the way his fucking, that menacing teeth and tongue. Oh, he's shaking that ass. Wait, I'm not even there yet. I'm still watching this <laughs> Yeah, I've bitch seen dance. this before. Oh, there it is. Ugh. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit. Ugh. So that, that under that mask could be your grandpappy, or is very likely to be the grandpappy. Yeah, uh, and then if, wow. if you click below that link, there I just have pictures of Al Littell. You can see um, his most famous costume was called Bonzo the Dog. Um, oh my God. And this is, Jesus this is definitely him. Like, this is not, you know, the pig... M- He's smoking. Pig may or may not be him, but... Holy shit. That you're related to that animal. You're- <laughs> what is that? I hate it. I need my eyes checked. Wow. Oh, that's that is. There's a man he's- in there. Jeez. There's a man in there that made somebody who's on this podcast. <laughs> oh my god. What's up, Travis? Yo, what up, dog? <laughs> I'm gonna haunt your nightmares, he, uh, right? He does. No, there's a picture of him, and it looks like you. Yeah, right. The older like, picture with- of him there. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the patina one. If you look at the one, devil. if you look at the one that, if you scroll down a little bit, there's one of him younger. He's like putting his. I'm using this as the picture for our episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was kind of weird when I took the picture. I did my my hair in a part mid part, and I was like, I kind of look like this dude. <laughs> you, dude. Well, because you're related to him. Yeah, well, yeah. This is a huge problem for you. What that I'm related to the original furry? Yeah, this could be my this breakout be, role right now. This is gonna, gonna slap us. We're we're gonna be known as a a canceled, um, <laughs> racist furry podcast from here on out. I mean, there's worse things. Yeah, true. Okay, so one of Al's first big roles uh, as a furry was as a monkey in the production of Gulliver's Travels in 1902. Oh, uh, wow. Okay, uh, that's huge. So uh, in in May on May 1st of 1909. Uh, there was an interview with Al Albert in the New York Dramatic Mirror, and he talks about how he studied for his roles. So this role as a monkey. So he said, I went up to Central Park for days and days and remained in the monkey houses, studying the antics and particularities of our cousinly progenerators. I don't know what that word is. Progenerators. Progenerators of mankind. Thank you, Cody, for fixing me. He would have slapped me in the back of the fucking head. I found it a most interesting study from the start, but when it came to putting on the monkey costume and going through the same movements, it was quite a different matter. Climbing upon trees and alighting myself upon the ground necessitated... Whatever, he fell. He fell. A lot. (laughs) He fell a lot. Yeah, no shit, because he's not a monkey. So also, suck on that, Andy Circus. My great-grandfather was the first one to do that, bitch. No mocap necessary, either. 
Fantastic. What? You know, how many bananas do you think he ate? Probably. During this roll. He probably put a couple bananas in his back pocket when he was strolling around New York City on Broadway Market. Uh, but monkeys don't have back pockets. Tra- oh, I see what you did. That's your great grandpa. So, <laughs> once he got a taste for the furry life, he was in it, man. Uh, he said that he became that a slave to the study of animals. After, what? after go like Steve Irwin, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Except like more weird, um, <laughs> kind of sexual. Because at least Steve was like, "Hey, look at this animal. That's not me, but it's something else. Isn't it fantastic?" <laughs> like that was kind of like his thing. He's just like, "Check yeah. out this." And your grandpa's just like, "Look at me. I- I'm the <laughs> animal." I'm an animal. I'm a goddamn animal. <laughs> oh, I'm an animal. Feels so good to be an animal. <laughs> so then let's go hump this stingray real quick. <laughs> <laughs> After Gulliver's Travels, he played a cat in the production called The Devil's Auction and then in wow. one called Kitty Town. So he's All right. Can we, keep, can we keep a running tally? We got dog, we Kitty got t- monkey, cat and maybe pig, right? Yes. Okay. Kitty Town sounds like a porno. Right? That sounds like some fucking, like, kawaii... What is that shit? Cody, you know what it is. What, kawaii? Kawaii shit. Kitty Town. Oh, like Hello Kitty, Sanrio <laughs> yeah. shit? Then he played... I like how you, you called me out for being a weeb, and I fell right for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, Bastard. dude. Uh, then he played uh, a role in Babes in the Woods, where he played an English uh, border collie, followed by a St. Bernard. All right. He likes dogs. So He's getting as there. he took these roles, his costume revolved more and more and got more elaborate. He actually created a special tube um, that he made for his mouth so he could appear that he was lapping up milk in his cat costumes and a string that he could pull to raise the fur on the back of his cat suit. That's insidious. <laughs> for That's role playing right there. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's making my stomach turn. Though. I know it's gross. Yeah, right? I'm getting creeped out. Your your fucking family is weird, dude. <laughs> I just see someone with a, a hobby, you know. Thanks, can Mike. You imagine like that. <laughs> can you just imagine that that fur suit just like reeking of like sour milk midsummer? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about what it smelled like a little later. <laughs> oh no! Hey kids, you want to see what a cat smells like? <laughs> you want to see it? You want to see what it smells like? I work in Hollywood. Well, are you just trying to impersonate me right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm trying to do. All right. Well, let's hear more about this very mentally ill man. So other <laughs> other animals in his repertoire was a billy goat, a horse, an ostrich, a rooster, a bear, and a lion. Oh, lion probably how would cool. You, how would you do an ostrich? Like you, stilts or something? Just shit out an egg. <laughs> <laughs> now, in uh, in true furry form, his real real calling was the dog. He loved oh, to play. Nice. He loved to play dogs. All right, yo All guys, right. I'm walking the dog, yo, Whew. yo, yo, boy. And in that same article in the the New York Mirror, he talked about him playing a dog. He said the dog is the most difficult to play. To play the part of a dog is not to buffoon him, but one is obliged to study him closely in his every actions. A dog is so close to mankind that he is known most intimately than any other domestic beast. I would go down to my farm in Asbury, New Jersey, in my dog costume, and go out with my dogs, follow them around, 
Watch their every step and, and movement, their runs, their walks, their sits, their posture. I noted their growls, their barks, and their midnight howls, including their sneezes, and how they caught flies. Uh, I, tr- I tried to let nothing escape me. Did he ever fucking dog? <laughs> Mike, excellent Well, he's question. following their every action, you'd imagine. Oh, that dog is so fucking hot. <laughs> Sometimes uh, dogs hump just for uh, dominance, not even a sexual yeah. thing. I'm close to speechless. <laughs> I, I, okay. also, I also <laughs> want to point out that that's the best read you've ever done. So I feel like that's something you can relate to. You're one <laughs> step ahead of the sentence. I like you this. knew where it was going because you felt it in your Dude, heart. Dude, I was and channeling that's what it. acting is, and that's what reading is, and at least the guy could write. Yes, yeah, yes. that 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 was that was very uh, masterfully written. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I'm just I'm just thinking it's like 2019 now, right? And if I saw like a fucking a fucking like furry hanging out with dogs on a farm that I wasn't expecting, I would be grossed out and horrified. But yes. I would turn uh, it, turn it back. Like what was it? Like uh, like two hundred years? And imagine seeing that with like the narrow mindedness that Americans had back then. Like furries gonna come after us. Oh, that's a beautiful dog. <laughs> that's a real beautiful dog. She's big, a little lumpy, but Huge, you know, yeah. wow. You know, let me find this dog's owner. Maybe I'll see if I can get it to get him to fuck my dog. <laughs> So I can make a big dog that looks kind of like a human. <laughs> so there was one dog character that would make him more famous than he could ever imagine, and that was Bonzo the dog. We took a pic- yeah. look at him before. Um, but there's one other element to him being a furry that we haven't touched upon yet, um, and that's the shit you see on DeviantArt. You know what I mean? Like oh, little no. sexual boners, little on? red rockets, little little dog milk. There's a reason they don't make underwear for dogs. <laughs> so during Al's uh, rise to fame, he found the girl of his dreams. This was a oh. Silesian immigrant named Elsie Vokes, uh, which was my great-grandmother. Right. Now, Silesian, if you don't know what it is, it's a weird people group that lives in between Poland and Germany. Uh, okay, I was about to ask. Yeah. Thank you. So she, she was born in Europe and immigrated to New York City when she was young. And Elsie was a bit of a star herself. But not for the same reasons that Al was. You see, when (laughs) Elsie was 12 years old in 1906, her and her friend both spotted a famous comedian named Raymond Hitchcock after leaving one of his shows. Raymond? Raymond! Now, both of them had hoed up with a bunch of makeup on, and uh, they they, they were, like, trying to pick out that perfect pedophile. You know what I mean? Just like, ooh, that guy looks like a pedophile. Let's get on. Maybe if we put our faces inside of these cream pies, they won't know how young we are. <laughs> Give me a, a banana cream pie, please. I'm going to put my face in it and do something <laughs> naughty. <laughs> so they convinced Raymond Hitchcock to take them in a ride in his automobile. <laughs> so Raymond... Maxed out at 10 miles an hour, but it's still got you places. <laughs> so Party. <laughs> you girls into this. <laughs> So Raymond said they needed permission from their parents, which both of them were like, yes, we, of course, we have permission from our mother. So then Raymond's like, hop in, hop in. We're going to go take a ride to my house in Great Neck, Long Island. Oh, hey. Cool. Very far away. (laughs) Yeah. 
So uh, they were apparently Hitchcock returned both girls around uh, to their houses at seven o'clock at night. Um, but a few days a few days later, he gave them another automobile automobile ride. Um, nice. But the following day, he went to go pick up these two skanky twelve year olds, and they ran away. <laughs> And Raymond's like, what the fuck? Like, dude, they were so into me. Like, why are they running away? Then the automobile. Yeah. So then he goes on. He's going to go do one of his stand up routines. And uh, in his he's in his dressing room. And all of a sudden the door bursts in. And it is my great uncle, Max Vokes, Elsie's brother, barges in, starts roughing up Raymond and told him that he had sexually assaulted his sister. Um, now, uh. when, when, and then Raymond said, oh, no, it was just an innocent ride. I took these two girls out on a trip in my automobile on Long Island. Yes. No, so Max calls bullshit, and he basically says, if you don't pay me a thousand bucks, I'm going to the papers. So, essentially, oh, uh. essentially, Max is blackmailing him. Nice. Um, this runs in your family. This runs in my family, yes. You fucking asshole. So, essentially, the whole thing was a setup, but, uh, the case was brought to court and became a national story um and it the press was slightly beefed up because william randolph hearst jr had a personal vendetta against a judge ruling over the case making false claims that the judge was part of the rape of the two girls (laughs) oh my god this goes deep oh jeez yeah (laughs) so so you've you and Hearst have been fucking for a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for real. Look at you. Look at that shit. So, See how I tied that into your life and almost doxed you? That's <laughs> all right. I don't work there no more. Yeah, so basically Hearst was like, dude, not only did uh, you know uh, this Hitchcock guy fuck uh, those two 12-year-olds, the judge fucked them too. Okay. And how did that work? Well, in the end, it was revealed that Max was Max and Elsie were just blackmailing Raymond Hitchcock because he had actually just taken these two skanky hoes for a ride to Long Island. Um, and you're talking about twelve year olds. Yeah, I mean it's still fucking creepy. <laughs> you're ta- you're ta- yeah, no, you yeah. are. But uh, yeah, it's creepy. You're right. But also twelve year old. Yeah, no. Why would you take? Just remember that. Yeah, you furry white supremacist, you. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's fighting words. No, I know they're twelve years old, but like there was an intention to try to pick this guy up. There was a plan to try to pick yeah, this guy yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, I'm I'm making it worse for myself. You are. <laughs> I appreciate you for yeah. this, though. If we get canceled twice, two negatives make a positive. You understand? Yeah. So I, yeah. you get decanceled the second. So time. anyway, yeah. Raymond was proven innocent, and Max was sent to Sing Sing. Ooh, that's right. now. Elsie um, used this whole international spotlight to take, and she took advantage of it. She was like, hey, why not, you know, use this? Uh, my face was in the papers across America. Guess what? I'm going to jo- join a group called the Zigfield Follies. Now, the huh? Zigfield Follies was oh. basically the suicide girls of the turn of the century. That's cool. I like this that. Was, Vintage suicide yeah, girls. This was very sexual, burlesque, like nudie photos. Of, like, 16-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> but it was okay at the time, but it was still, like, what the fuck? Like, it was... If you look up the Sigfield Follies, you'll be like, oh, okay, I see. This is, like, some weird fucking goth chick porn going uh-huh. on. Hot yeah. topic before hot topic. Yeah. Henry, why have you got a picture of these young women with hats on? <laughs> it's indecent. <laughs> I'm holding it for a friend. <laughs> 
So that is when Elsie met Al. No. So we're talking about uh, uh, the suicide girl, Elsie Vokes, right? Yes. So it came in, this, she came into Al's life. And now the thing is, is that Alfred Littell, my great-grandfather, he was married uh-huh. twice. And now oh. he was married twice. Both times his wife became part of the act for Bonzo the dog. So the dude Ooh. would dress up like a bulldog and his wife slash lover both of whom were bombshells, would play the, the role of his owner. Right? Uh, she, right. They weren't dressed I up, but like, oh, here comes the dog. Ah, look at the dog, so stupid. You know some fucking kinky-ass shit happened. They boned, yeah. they boned in that costume. That completes the first yeah. owner cycle. Here comes yeah. the naughty, naughty dog. <laughs> I'm going to punish him. I'm going to shake this jar filled with nickels till he... Fucks me. <laughs> oh no! Hydrant in his house. Right. I mean, this is a, he. What, like a hydrant urine. They could have been doing this shit on stage. This is the point. This is the point before, you know, there was any camera phones. It could be like some dude could have been like, "Blow the dog" in like the back row, and they're like, oh, "Okay." Throw quarters on <laughs> the Do stage. It. Do it. That'll be a dollar fifty. <laughs> Fucking pussy. <laughs> if you won't blow that dog. Hey, that's not a real dog. That's a man's dick. <laughs> Blow I've seen dog. my dog's dick. It doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> Fraud. <laughs> okay, so they went on. They they started. Her, Al and Elsie went on the tour of the world. Both of them. Um, we, I have records of them taking ships to England in 1911, uh, where they performed for the Queen. They went to to Australia in 1904. Um, I actually own a few of their playbills and um, in. Wow. In the playbill, they were literally opening for Abbott and Costello and the Three Stooges. Oh so they, they performed with Abbott and Costello, the Three Stooges, the Marx Brothers. Holy yeah, fuck. They were big. I mean, this guy was loaded. He had fucking tons of money. He was like, it was a world-class, literally a world-class vaudeville act. He was in VR before VR. Like He was living his dream. I am furious. Why? About this. Why? <laughs> Why? So Why? many reasons. <laughs> But it's okay. I, I I can't get into it now. It's a whole tangent. Maybe I'll talk about it another. Why? Time. No, you but can't. You can't leave when me when we're not talking that. about furries. It's a principle thing. Like and and the way I grew up, we're just like, oh, you know, you want to do something with yourself? You got practice. Be you know, like uh, do cool shit. You got to play piano a lot. You got to play guitar. You got to fucking paint whatever. And this guy's like, I'm in a beaver suit. <laughs> And he gets to be with okay, fu- like like I have a hard enough time with some celebrities today, <laughs> like right. the entire cast of SNL, like not funny. Isn't that supposed to be a, a funny show? Yeah, but this guy yeah. studied baboons in the New York in the zoo. Yeah, he painted his ass. Red. <laughs> it wasn't a prosthetic. He just sat down one day with just- lead paint. <laughs> yep. We'll talk about some of those chemicals in a little bit. That's well. That's that's why because I can elaborate on that and my personal feelings, which might be somewhat distorted in the year of our Lord two thousand nine. Dude, cancel us right now. Find, find us and cancel. He's an influencer. Subscribe and cancel. He's an influencer, bro. He just knows how to do monkeys. He's a vlogger. No, yeah. no he seems to be under the influence of someone else. <laughs> Here comes the bad dog. I'll tell you what to do. I'm going to beat this newspaper over your head until you God. come sauce. 
I, I have oh I have a theory God. that your your grandfather was just a kinky bastard that liked his like dom wife to collar him, <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't acceptable in public. So he just went through the entire rigmarole of getting a fur suit going. He's like, oh, I can get away with yeah, this. Yeah, on stage, he was an exhibitionist. While being collared. You said he performed with Laurel and Hardy. Was he the cat in Babes in Toyland? I, you know what? That was actually one of the things I thought of right away. And he's not credited. He has a he has a bunch of credits on IMDb. A lot of the movies are Holy not. Shit. A lot of the movies don't exist anymore. I could not find anyone listed for the cat, but he could be that cat because that cat is that, terrifying. It's awful. Yeah. It's the worst thing. Like the Oogie Boogie Man. They're like, ah, you look like a human booger. But this Holy is like. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> you so aren't. Uh, no, the cat is nightmare. He might be that my- nightmare creature. I'm not exactly sure. I hate that. So yeah. he was. So Al and Elsie were over in Europe when World War One broke out. So they called off their tour and headed back to the U.S. Goddamn Kaiser. Um, now uh, he, like I said, he returned back to the U.S. But Bonzo the dog, the whole act was. A huge success around the world, especially England. They they loved this character. He everyone liked their Bonzo, but yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> oh no. Hello, I do this now. <laughs> Look at me. Come pet me. Come Shut up, Bonzi. Come pet my body. I'm very famous. <laughs> Get out. Of Get out of here. Oh, I'm scared. I come pre-installed in your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Holy so fuck. he was such a big success that Alfred Littell copywrote his fursona as Bonzo what? in the United States. No. And that's how we got Grimace. No, but an artist by the name of George Study in the UK, where the copyright law didn't apply, uh, went on to, he went to one of Al's shows and then copied the signature Bonzo the dog and in 1922, ripping off the whole Whoa. name, the whole image, and the concept, came out with the beloved classic in the UK, Bonzo the Dog. And now, if you're if you're wow. British, you might know this comic, or maybe your grandparents know it. Or it was it's like Felix over there, like it was like a Felix the Cat type of wow. level. Okay, that this dude had just fucking yanked. So what you're saying right now is that your Great great grandfather was basically like Heathcliff, <laughs> and and then a Jim Davis named uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Benjamin Study. What's his uh, name? George Study. George Study comes along, all Jim Davis out, and he's like, "I could do that." <laughs> yeah, pretty wow. much. So by the start of the 1920s, Elsie was riding that Bonzo Red Rocket real hard, and she blasts <laughs> out Christ. two boys. Aww. The sec two pups, two pups, two, two pups. pups. Yeah, she had, she had, she had a bit of a yeah, litter. She had a litter. Yep. <laughs> the second of which in 1925 was my grandfather Richard Lee Senior. My my dad is my dad All is right. secretly a, a Dick Junior. <laughs> he doesn't go <laughs> nice. by Dick Junior, but he is a Dick Junior. He should. Dick Junior. <laughs> um. So uh, Richard Lee Senior, his brother Alfred, Alfred Lee Junior. Um, went on to go blow his brains out and was somehow buried at a Catholic graveyard oh. because someone had greased some palms. Fierce. When you blow your brains out, I don't really think you care where you're getting buried. Well, no, the Catholics won't yeah, right. bury you in a fucking graveyard if you yeah. commit suicide. 
I know, oh, but yes, what I'm saying yeah. is if you commit suicide, I don't think you care about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I don't know. Just throw me on the trash. It's your fa- Yeah, it's your family. It's just like, well, he was a good guy up until that last fucking moment. <laughs> Oops. And then, and then he really sinned. Right. So, so Al was working around New York for a little bit. Now he's a dad. Right, he you know he's got to kind of okay. kind of stay a little local, right? He can't he can't be doing these massive the bills. tours. But he wasn't about to give up on his career for his two stupid ass kids. He's like, dude, yeah, why I can't do this. Like, I'm gonna move to L.A. where all the money these is. Kids are really just so selfish. <laughs> yeah, where all the dirt, the palm trees aren't there yet, but I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by 1930, he had packed his bags and relocated to the West Coast. Uh, completely leaving his family behind. That's so fucked up. <laughs> As yeah. a dog do. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Abandoning his pack. As wolves. No, yeah, no. There he... Ma- she gets, get, get, gets a letter from the wife like, how dare you do that? And then he sends back a milk bone. Like... like <laughs> it's a dog's Alimony. life. <laughs> oh, Tom, you're so good at predicting the past. Like, uh, uh, Fuck. There's so I much for it. so much for foreshadowing. I call it foreskin shadow <laughs> because it's already been skinned out in the, the annals bad. of yeah. history. So, but I'm bad. here to I'm here to read the skin before before skin. So there in L.A., he met a woman named Lucille Workman, whose stage name was Sylvan Dell. She takes the role of dog stroker. The two marry Ugh. and begin touring again. Now. Al's success did not slow down, even while vaudeville was fading. Um, His Bonzo the Dog act was still very beloved, and there's actually a signed photo of Bonzo the Dog in the Duke Ellington collection at the Smithsonian. Oh, wow. Fuck me. And written in the top corner, it says, Dear Duke Ellington, may you never live a dog's life, Al Littell. Yeah, he was just trying to get rid of the competition. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is this? What is this episode even? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, so uh, while work while work in vaudeville was starting to fall out of favor in the States, him and Sylvan Dell uh, toured Australia, where vaudeville was popular well into the 1950s because they didn't have television or anything. They were just, good eye, mate. Oh, I was a Kiwi. I sucked. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like my Victoria Beaters. That's about it. I don't need a TV. This guy's all entertainment on me. Plus, if I'm walking to the ocean, I'll get stung by a jellyfish and I'll be seeing stars for hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Al started knocking out a whole new family on the West Coast. Um, nice yeah, do. And, uh, Just starting over. It, it, that didn't mean that he completely forgot about Richard Lee Sr., my great-grandfather on Long Island. Now, in the early 30s, Al had met Hal Roach. Uh, who wow. had he okay. had produced our gang, the little rascals, right? Wow. Um, and I think he he might have met him earlier, like in during the whole vaudeville thing. Because Al was also a vaudeville, Hal was also a vaudeville guy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when my grandfather Richard was about six or seven, Al thought I'm gonna get my boy into acting. So the problem was was that Elsie, who had seen that life and was like, dude, I don't want Richard to be part of this shit. He's like, I don't want to get involved. Like, he's not part of the whole acting thing. He's going to become a lawyer, which he eventually did and became also another dickhead. All right. But 
that's a different story. So Al flew out to New York and basically just took Richard, like without Elsie, like abducted him, straight up abducted him <laughs> from New York. Whoa. Flew him out to L.A., where Richard was cast and was nearly almost a little rascal, but he oh, but shit. he caught the flu right before shooting. So Al Roach was like, nah, oh dude, you're not a little rascal. You were almost from a family of Jackie Coogans. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you could have had, you, but it wouldn't have just stopped with dog with the Lee lineage. <laughs> you could have been ripped off by your grandparents. <laughs> yeah. When that Just the way, nice. and then been an Uncle Fester <laughs> yeah, later in life. I could have been, been Uncle Fester too, Super Fester. <laughs> Super Fester. Super Fester, 64. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's family racing, because we are out of ideas. <laughs> so Al, Al was like, fuck it, dude. My son's coming on an Australia tour. Like, this is all without his mother's approval or knowledge where... He was like, she, where's my? She kid? had put out like a fucking like missing child warrant, you know, for her son. Oh wow, milk. I guess faces I on milk. Yeah, buttons. yeah, but like this, this guy's rolling around with the mindset of the like he's a dog. So he, you know, was like, oh, where's my kid? And, and he's like, I just got my puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Get up on stage. <laughs> Oof. So they do this tour in Australia, and then Al eventually gets bored, drops Richard off uh, back in New York, and never sees him again. <laughs> Jesus. You're a kid now. You don't have to be on all fours anymore. <laughs> I don't really like you that much. So Sil <laughs> Sylvan... You, you know what? You lap up milk like a bitch. <laughs> I'm done with you. You rookie. You want to be a star? You want to be a star? Oh, you better man. lap that milk. Oh, bitch. You, you got to put on this bowler better. cap. You got to be number one. <laughs> We're going to put whiskers on you. I'm going to paint my little ponies all over you. <laughs> so uh, his second wife, Sylvan Dell, or Lucille Workman, was eventually pumped full of that red rocket juice, too. Starts pumping out some uh. extra creamy individuals and children. <laughs> what? Is that how you call your dogs? Don't use condoms. Well, yeah, dogs don't use condoms. So I was actually no. They no, had condoms back then. They just didn't invent ones? dog condoms. Yet. Oh yeah. So, so nice. I actually reconnected with that that side of the family. We had no clue about who they were. Um, so my second cousins, uh, I met them a few years ago. Kimberly Albright actually helped me solve some of these mysteries about Al's later life. Uh, Okay, cool. that's cool. Fam time. Yeah. So things started to take a turn for the worst with Al's career. As I mentioned, a vaudeville was in its twilight in the early 30s, and the movie industry had completely killed it in the United States in the 1940s. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so without vaudeville, Al was nothing. He clung on to dear life. While he was still famous in Australia, the L.A. entertainment industry was like, nah, dude, we don't want to see stupid dogs dancing around. We want to see heart throbs. Oh, yeah. yeah. See college hunks. We want to see Buster Keaton in front of a train risking his life oh, for, yeah. for what is the equivalent of $26 <laughs> A Jimmy John. A I'm going to see a dog. I'm going to see a dog, you know? Yeah, dogs are fine. I'd rather see a dog, not a guy in a dog suit. If I if a dog I have a dog if she comes down the stairs I'm like oh cool it's my dog if there's a man who comes down here in a dog suit I am scared yes I'm scared 
I'm worried. I'm worried about my family because like I'm downstairs. You know, there's other people yeah. upstairs that could that could be dead right now due to Jesus. This dog man might have a a furious temper. Uh, awful, <laughs> awful. Um, just just could be hungry. Yeah, exactly. He's ready to go. He's like, you got bones inside you, boy. <laughs> God damn it. So Al hung around L.A. networking with some of his old vaudeville creatives. Um, he tried to make it in the movie industry, as I mentioned. He's credited in a few roles um, on IMDb. You can actually see him dancing on stage at the very end of Al Roach's 1948 classic comedy, Here Comes Trouble. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, it's an old classic ragtime called Please Help Me Feed My Family. <laughs> that's pretty much That's pretty much what it was. Please help yeah. me feed my family because it's time to eat some more. <laughs> my son is dead and my daughter's dying, so please help me keep her off the floor. We're going to have some fun tonight. Please have some fun tonight and buy some shit from the concession stand so I can get my guarantee. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, in that end scene, it's literally like a vaudeville act, and like the villain is like being chased around in some wacky thing. He's like climbing up the you know up the ropes and dropping sandbags on people's heads, all while just Al is just like dancing around, like ah oh, hell yeah, I just got a Jimmy John's. I'm not hungry anymore. It's funny too. Uh, this is a Hal Roach wow. picture, yeah. right? Yeah. So he only used like. He only used like forty songs that he had pre-recorded in all of his movies. So the our, our gang stuff was in all of his other movies. It was Bo Hunks yeah. who was the director behind that, and like he bought the rights to it. So he's just like, yeah, it was music, music. I'll just put it in it. So like little ra- little rascals music happening all the time. You know, just like never thought of it like that. Yeah, like you would go to the movies and there would be literally twenty songs you heard. The oh, entire yeah. time. That was like stock sound effects. Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah, I mean, you th- hear them everywhere. You, you think extreme and APM is boring? <laughs> you should have been alive back then. <laughs> Industry talk. Oh, Ooh. yeah. For Some free. of us get that. Um, Mike, Mike, do you get that? One again? Dude, he's high. Exactly. Perfect. He doesn't give a shit. Like, I don't nice. know. He doesn't know where <laughs> he is. Industry talk? <laughs> so there were other issues, right? Al's getting older. And the physical stress of performing these animals is uh, kind of getting to him. Got to like be in a weird position. Is this when he came up with the idea of putting together animorphs, <laughs> where he could just write was about his desires <laughs> and then also his his teenage lust? Uh, he was the original animorph, dude. He would just write about it. He'd write it and like jerk it. He'd crank <laughs> it, dude. He'd be like, "Dude, I love when they're halfway through their morph." <sighs> oh shit! Oh no. I was a dog for more than two hours, so now I have to stay a dog. Oops. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did it wrong. Did it all so wrong. So he had actually passed out on stage uh, at one point, partially <laughs> from exhaustion, but also from the fact that his costume, he used to clean the costume with turpentine. <laughs> no, we don't do that. What's that, like poison or some shit? That's paint thinner. Yeah, so he'd be high as a kite on stage from fucking turpentine. I think when he was like 60, you know, like breathing this fucking turpentine in. Like, oh, yeah, fucking woof, woof. (laughs) Yeah, but also like uh, just just in his defense at that very very moment, I think back in like, what is this? We're talking 1920s. No, we're in like the 30s, 40s. 
We're in the, we're in the 30s, 40s. Yeah. So if you went and saw five acts on stage, one of them's gonna pass out. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's th- par, that's par for the course. Because they're running all over town. They're you know they're, they're on all kinds of uppers. They're like you know uh, have a little whiskey. I'll wake <laughs> you up. Yeah. So on top of all, uh, the time so these people people are passing out all the time. They don't drink water because it's not. No, good you only for drink whiskey because it's made of it's made of piss. <laughs> so yeah, they're living on fucking alcohol the entire time. Sometimes they don't cocaine. know anything about health. Yeah, they got cocaine. Cigarettes. They got all kinds of uppers. Vin oh, Mariani, right? It's like <clears throat> you know. T- today we understand. If you're tired, you go to bed. Back then, yep. if you're tired. You sniff some pepper, <laughs> and you drink whiskey, yeah, and then you hit the stage, and you Pulls smile right for back. And those lights, those weren't LEDs. Those were the hottest fucking lights of it's all true. time. Yeah. And this guy's in a fucking full fursuit behind those lights. Just breathing in breathing turpentine. Breathing in turpentine. <laughs> Sweating profusely. Like, I'm thinking... I'm a dog. Ugh. I'm a dog. I don't even know what we're doing here. Really right, like, it's... I'm gonna take a nap. It took... In, I mean, we don't know, but, I mean, it took until his 60s to fall, like, pass out on stage. I'm sure he passed out before then, but, like, the entire time he's, like, sniffing paint thinner in this costume. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm a dog! Ugh. Oh, yeah! You know what I mean? I would have loved to see, like... Him play that off. He just collapses like mid somersault in his dog suit, and the audience is just like, oh, "Look at him play dead! Isn't that yeah. adorable?" Yeah, he's so precious when he sleeps. <laughs> I took him on a walk today, <laughs> so just gets dragged off stage. Yeah, so on. Yeah, with the big cane hook. Yeah, <laughs> on top of all this fucking paint thinner shit, Al had made some pretty shitty investments on the Stark Stark market. On the, st- on market. the stock on yes. the stock market, which I'm not sure how you could fuck up the stock market in post-war America. That's pretty much next to wow. impossible. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. What do you do, dude? I don't know. He, he invest probably in? invested in like a dog penis condom. Turpentine. I got yeah. one. I got one fucking word for you, and that's moxie. <laughs> moxie. Moxie soda. Moxie soda. Oh, okay. It was the biggest soda back in the day, in like the 20s and mm. 30s. And a lot of people invested in it because it looked like a commodity that wasn't going anywhere. Right. But then Coca-Cola came in. They had the sickest ad campaign. And then all of a sudden, uh, 10 years later, Pepsi comes and fucks up the whole market. And Moxie's gone. And actually, a lot of people... I, I, I'm not saying that your dog dude, your dog father... <laughs> Uh, got fucked by Moxie, but it did happen to some people. Well, okay. I mean, I my speculation, right, is um, there was this company that existed in the 1920s. It was called Bad Dragon, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he invested in Bad Dragon. And, and post-war America, they were like, we will not have dragon dildos. We will not have dog penis dildos. And But now it's back. Now we, it's back. He could have made a million if he didn't sell. We have too many morals <laughs> Involved in our laws, he was way uh, ahead of his yeah. time. Yeah, we need husbands and wives sleeping in separate beds with full sleeve pajamas in the middle of July. <laughs> no fans because nope. fans are a luxury, and sleep caps just to insulate fucking so, everything in. Yeah, just to make sure you look like a fucking a clans member while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude went from like hanging out with Duke Ellington, performing for the Queen. He had loads of fucking money. Like he was an international act. But he, because of mm-hmm. these poor decisions, and also just the way that the industry was going, 
He eventually had to pawn off most of his memorabilia, his costumes, souvenirs that he had collected over his years of touring. And uh, yeah, my half-cousin, Kimberly, uh, told me that he had a ring that was from the King of England that he had lost or pawned off at some point. Wow. It's tremendous. Jeez. And eventually things got really bad, and when you're a stupid idiot and things go bad, you just ditch your family again. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, of course. Find the biggest drain on your life and yeah. get rid of it. Plug it, just cut it loose. So mm-hmm. we're not quite sure what he did in the last few years of his life. Um, oh yeah, so ask me a question. One of those things. Um, when did this guy die? But yeah, in dog years. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, that's hard, dude. I think we might have to Google yeah, that. Four thousand. So we're not. We're not quite sure what he did for the last few years of his life. It sounds like he may have lived with some relative for a bit. Um, One of the Virginia Lees that I haven't been able to track down. Um, But in 1950, he was eventually uh, on the streets, homeless or living in poor houses in Cook County, Illinois, which is near Chicago. All right. Um, So it's pretty amazing to track a man like I mentioned that was a height of the entertainment in the height of the entertainment industry uh, in this dying art form, Um, and now he was literally just dying in the streets. You know, it's it like I said before. You're like vaudeville died because of you know um, the movie industry. Like this is literally how it died, right? Like no one wants to see a dog dancing around on stage. Yeah. No, it's uncomfortable. Unless, unless yeah, you everyone. like Beethoven, the movie, which is a great movie. But that was a real dog. I, I remember that movie and that one scene, that montage where he gets onto the, the he gets into the master bedroom <laughs> and he's covered in mud and he shakes Dude. off. And I was oh. just like, how is it going to take forever to clean? Yeah, it's a great. I always like the air bud. Put, put that dog down now. <laughs> Alfred Littell died probably alone on either a park bench or in some abandoned building in April of 1951. He was buried penniless in an unmarked pauper's grave in Illinois. Oh, man. In his dog suit, I presume? (laughs) Uh, No. So in terms of the dog suit, um, Sylvan Dell... um, Reportedly threw out Al's remaining costumes. When <laughs> you don't do that, yeah. To a when furry. she found out that her husband was dead, and his his daughter Barbara Lee, who is still alive, who had a short-lived acting career and actually dated Joe DiMaggio. Um, wow. There's so many celebrities. Yeah, she here. she actually was interviewed post mortem about her father, um, her late father, which was like another clue about him. Uh, and she was like, I don't know, he died in somewhere in Illinois. <laughs> Oops. So uh, he's just dead, you know. I did Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Great baseball player, may I say. Now, what was his lifespan, Travis? Let's convert uh, it to dog. Okay, years. so uh, he was born in eighteen eighty seven and he died in nineteen fifty one. Do the math, Cody. I don't know anything about 1887 minus 1951. Yeah. Hmm. You're just using your calculator. Oh, yeah. 64. 64 years old. Do 64. Nintendo 64. So, you, eight it's not bad. Is no, you, you, 512. No, no, no dog it's, years. What you do is the first year is 10, 
and then the rest of the years are seven. So do 63 times t- times seven and then add 10. So he was 451 in dog years. That's an old dog. Oldest man. Old dogs oh, no. go to heaven or a dungeon where they jerk off over people that are not dogs. Yeah. I was imagining him trying to sneak past St. Peter in the dog suit. Like, all of us get in, right? Come on. This is actually why Dom DeLuise signed on to do All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is a terrible movie, by the way. it's terrible. I just rewatched it because I watched it as a kid, and I was just... I I honestly didn't remember. I remember seeing seeing it It was forgettable. But yeah, super forgettable. Some of the worst music ever. And me and Gabby were like, oh, let's see how bad it actually is. And it was worse than what we thought it would be. The story doesn't even. It's all make those cut-rate yeah, cartoons. Like, They're all going to heaven. It's, it's it, yeah, fucking Burt Reynolds just being like, "I'm a German Shepherd. <laughs> I also like to gamble. <laughs> I'm gonna use Penny, the same little girl who played uh, d- um, Ducky in in Land Before Time. Oh fuck! And, and she was Mind murdered. Wrong. So what? you know oh, yeah. that it it had a real dark thing going on. I mean, she that that she was actually murdered before the movie came out. <laughs> no way. Yeah. She had her head fucking chopped off, I think. Yeah, by her dad, who was definitely a furry. So be careful. (laughs) So I hope hope, uh, this lineage brings some... I definitely did not fuck a a raccoon stuffed animal, but I hope that it brings Uh, some some context to the fact that I'm a completely normal, functioning society, functioning person in society in America. Yeah. I'm just a man who likes milk bones. (laughs) Wait, have you ever <laughs> ate dog food? Have you? I tried it once. It kind of it sucked. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Travis, now there's a real answer to this, and then there's the answer that you should say, which is no. I would never do that. Uh huh. I eat the dry one. I eat the, eat the like the wet. I would never. No, no Alpo for you, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> no. Would you Would you eat a bacon strip, Mike? It smelled kind of good, but also like plastic and shit at the same time. So I'm like, nah. Mike doesn't know it's not right. real bacon. It's what is bacon. it? <laughs> it's bacon! Probably pig feet. Oh, fuck. Well, All right. I gotta eat that. <laughs> so, um, before we uh, end our 100th episode, Jim, I would just like Jim to say one thing. Travis, congratulations on being a white supremacist and also yeah. a furry. I'm not a, I'm not a white supremacist or Ooh, furry. Tra- congratulations to Travis to being a white supremacist. I am not a yeah, white Travis. supremacist. Uh, furry. I, how could I your be? Your ancestors were. What's your, what's your favorite kind of white dog, Travis? Um. Is it a German Shepherd played by Burt Reynolds? <laughs> it's probably a French poodle that is all black on the inside. <laughs> uh, all okay. black, yeah. W- whoa. That's a necrotic poodle. <laughs> you, you, there's no coming back. No, it's a Welsh corgi. You, been That's my favorite dog. It's official. One quarter of our podcast has been canceled. That's Travis Lee. He's been canceled. <sighs> that doesn't mean you shouldn't tune in because the rest of us are extremely aware. Yeah. Oh, yes. And sensitive. Of course. Dude, this is what I was talking about. You can't. The sins of the father shit, right? Like, uh, I don't. I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Condone any of that. You don't own slaves. Racist shit, and and honestly, Not man, the furry like stuff, I grew yes. up as like a poor ass idiot. 
So like, yeah, no, I'm really ha- I'm also really happy for you that you're gonna get nine percent of of a reparations check uh, <laughs> yeah. at some point six. because like Only you know six. it's good to balance your beliefs you and all that mold. shit. All right, it doesn't yeah. matter. It, it's fine. Look, Travis, I'm really happy for you. I'm really upset for us that you got us canceled so quickly. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning into the hundredth episode. Yeah, <laughs> good run. The end. Wow. And question mark. Episodes. Yeah, we actually recorded the episode after yeah, this already. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. How you doing? All right. Well, with that, I guess wow. I'll take us out of here. That's right. That's what I do. The 100th take us out of here, Tom. Thanks for tuning into the roast mortem coverage of Travis's great-grandfather, Alfred, Alfred <laughs> Littell. I can't fucking Dude, do I it. know it's hard when you get a clean one. Let me get a clean one. What? Those dude, I, dude, I know sentences, dude. I'm not born of dog. Do you want to take this out? I'd be fine if you take us out on this one. All right. Well, all right. Thank you, Shane, to all you idiots that have listened to us yes. for hundreds of episodes. And now, just 100. Uh, we will leave you by saying you should go to Patreon.com so we can do hundreds of more episodes. And yeah, that'd be nice. you yeah. can follow us on the social medias where I could just do social media. And that's the end of the show. Did I do a good yeah. time? Wow. I mean, you, you got the URL for the Patreon, what? but whatever. Yeah, how do I give us money? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad I did it. Okay. How do I put money into my pocket with Patreon taking a cut? Um, so, uh, I know we can't play this song, but if we could really just end this episode in a acapella version of Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah, where are the Baja Men? Maybe the next episode we'll do a Baja Men episode. <laughs> where, did they, where are they? Where are they now? They're How having many a great dogs time. They let out. Who let Walk. my dogs out? Woof, 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 woof. woof. Who, Who let his let dogs, dogs out? out? Who woof. did woof. it? Woof. Woof. Who let Travis's great grandfather out? Woof. All right, thank you, Shane. All right, thank, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane, you ninnies.